We live in a hurting world and we are hurting people. We have all received hurts and wounds and at the same time we have all inflicted hurts on others. So none of this is 100% at fault for the mess of our lives and yet none of us is a victim or 100% innocent. Hurting is a natural uh, phenomenon in our world, but forgiveness, that's supernatural. Forgiveness is God's invention. It is God's forgiveness. It is God's gift to you and to me. As we've been walking through this journey together, you and me, on the road to forgiveness, part of what we've talked about is forgiving yourself or experiencing God's forgiveness to you so that you can live without the weight of self-condemnation. And I keep talking with people about this journey. And one of the comments that comes up most often is, that's the hardest form. It's the hardest thing for me to do is actually to forgive myself in such a way that it makes my life look different. And I don't have to live under that weight of guilt and pain anymore. So I want to talk today about the deepest level of that and then give you an opportunity to go deeper on the journey of there is now no condemnation. Ernest Hemingway starts one of his short stories. It's called The Capital of the World with uh, these lines. Madrid is full of boys named Paco, which is diminutive of the name Francisco. And there is a Madrid story about a father who came to Madrid and inserted an advertisement in the personal column of El Liberal, which said, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday. All is forgiven. Papa and how a squadron of soldiers had to be called out to disperse the 800 young men who answered that advertisement. And Miroslav Volf, the theologian, has written a book called Free of Charge about the connection between giving and forgiving. And he notes what makes that uh, kind of a joke is the ubiquity of the name Paco. But what makes it work is the universal need to be forgiven. And there is something inside every one of us that just yearns uh, to hear those words. All is forgiven. Papa, I will meet you tomorrow. Come home. So how do we pursue a deeper level of forgiving ourselves or experiencing ourselves as being forgiven by God? And this now is from Lou Smead's book, Forgive and Forget. He writes, what is it like to feel forgiven? We've talked about how forgiveness is, there's decisional forgiveness. I make a uh, a decision, I form the intention to forgive somebody else. And then there's emotional forgiveness where it's actually in my body at the level of uh, neurotransmitters and muscular tension. And it's in my face and it's in my shoulders to experience forgiveness. This is not just true of forgiving somebody else. This is true of forgiving yourself or of experiencing yourself as a person who has been forgiven. There's a decision to forgive yourself. And then there's also experiencing it in your body as an emotion. And that's what Lou's talking about. Forgiveness is fundamental to every other good feeling. This is a remarkable statement. Now think about this. Forgiveness is fundamental, foundational to every other good feeling. Try other sorts of delightful feelings and compare them with the feeling of being forgiven. Think of the feeling you have when you finally manage to do what you've been trying to do forever. I did it, I did it, the feeling is triumphant. Think of the feeling of making love with someone you really love. 
or of feeling the relief at seeing a familiar landmark after you've been lost and almost out of gas. These are all jubilant feelings, but none of them is fundamental. They do not make or break our joy, but the fundamental feeling makes a difference to everything. You feel forgiven at the ground floor of your being where everything else rests. And I think forgiveness is a fundamental feeling because sin, guilt, wrongdoing is the fundamental problem. That is when what is wrong doesn't just happen to me, but it gets inside me. In some sense, it becomes me. Feeling forgiving is a feeling of total acceptance, a feeling lodged in your deepest self, a feeling that no bad thing you do can take away. You feel totally affirmed, totally loved, totally received. Your entire being is restored because you feel that nothing can separate you from the source of love. And you might remember Paul in Romans 8, what can separate us from the love of God? And then he goes through a list of all kinds of things. Nope, nothing can separate us. You know that nothing can really hurt you now. This fundamental feeling happens to you. It comes as you are open to it. You cannot create it. You can only be receptive to it. This is key, but you can close yourself to it. How do we do that? One sure way to miss out on the fundamental feeling of being forgiven is to worry too much about being a spiritual success. So now here's where most of us get into trouble. We do well sometimes to follow our feelings into the darker region of our lives, where we are neither very pretty nor very pure. We are a mixed breed, Lou writes, shadow and light, weak and strong, foul and clean, hate and love, all at the same time. Our middle name is ambiguity. Admitting this fundamental ambiguity opens us to the fundamental feeling of being forgiven. So really, it's raw honesty, courageous authenticity. Obsession with spiritual success can take you on idiotic detours around the fundamental feeling. I know a man who needs to be good so badly that he cannot face up to the puniest fault. He often groans about being a poor, poor sinner, always in gorgeous generalities, always as a trick to get people to reassure him of his unusual virtue. But when his wife complains that he forgot to take out the garbage, he is ready to hire a criminal lawyer to defend himself against her indictment. Now, just so you know, although Lou is a friend, he was not talking about me in particular, specifically, when he wrote that, but me too. I was reflecting on yesterday, this morning, and I remembered an event that it had not even penetrated my consciousness when I told somebody I couldn't come to something that was going on, and I lied about why. I made up an excuse that would sound uh, justifiable when the reality was I really didn't want to go to it but I didn't want them to not like me. I wanted to seem like a nice person who, of course, wanted to be with them. And so I just made something up. And it wasn't until today that I was, oh, yeah, that's, that's a lie. And so I need to think through that. And now part of the journey that we're on is uh, in, in forgiveness, we extend empathy, including to ourselves. And I think about uh, why is it that I want people to like me so much? And why do I avoid wanting not to be liked? And there are lots of factors involved with that. Uh, not all of those factors are things for which I am morally blameworthy. So I, I, I think through how to extend empathy to myself in that moment. 
But then I don't just stop there. I come to that place where I say, yeah, but there's part of me where that was simply a wrong thing to do and it's not excusable. And then I must realize, although it's not excusable, it's forgivable. Um, Psalm 32, the psalmist says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, in whose spirit is no deceit. Now see, that's the raw honesty part, no deceit. When I covered up my sin, the psalmist says, my bones were wasting away. When I confessed them, God forgave my sin and he cleansed me. That's the feeling of being forgiven. Lou goes on to write, my favorite story of the freedom to forgive is the one Corey Tenboom tells about herself. Corey was liberated from a Nazi concentration camp a few days after the Allies conquered Germany. It took longer to be liberated from her simmering hate. But she set out on the forgiving journey through her remembered pain, kept traveling until she arrived at the place where she forgave even the Nazis who had dehumanized her in life in the camps. In forgiving, she believed she had discovered the only power that could heal the history of hurt and hate for the people of Europe and all the other peoples on earth. So she preached the possibilities of forgiveness. She preached it in Holland and in France and then in Germany too. In Munich one Sunday, she preached forgiving, preached it to all those German people who were so eager to be forgiven. Outside, after the service was over, a major drama of the human spirit unfolded. A man walked over to her. He reached out his hand to her, expecting her to take it. Ja, Fräulein Tenboom, I'm so glad Jesus forgives us all of our sin, just as you say. Corey knew him. She remembered how she was forced to take showers with other women prisoners while this beast looked on, leering, mocking, a superman, guarding helpless naked women. Corey remembered. He put his hand close to her. Her own hand froze at her side. She could not forgive. She was stunned and terrified by her own weakness. What could she do, she who had been so sure that she had overcome the deep hurt and the desperate hate and had arrived at forgiving? What could she do now that she was confronted by a man she could not forgive? She prayed, Jesus, I can't forgive this man. Forgive me. At once, in some wonderful way that she was not prepared for, she felt forgiven. Forgiven for not forgiving. At that moment, in the power of the fundamental feeling, her hand went up, took the hand of her enemy, and released him. In her heart, she freed him from his terrible past, and she freed herself from hers. The linkage between feeling forgiven and the power to forgive is the key to everything else. So now, on this day, you forgive yourself, you receive forgiveness uh, as a decision. And the Bible's language for this is, uh, we receive it by faith. Now, that's not a vague, cloudy thing. We don't wait for that to happen. That actually is an act that we can commit ourselves to. And so I say, 
uh, as best I can, God, with your help. I won't ruminate anymore. I won't self-condemn anymore. I receive the fact that you are forgiving, not based on me. I am forgivable because you are a forgiving God. And then allow that to reach the level of grace. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. That's your word today. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444, and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder, or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.